And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Big Josh Thompson. That's right, baby. He's getting bigger by the day, by the moment. Look at the size of that head. It's expanding in the... Those headphones won't be able to handle it. Hey, everyone, welcome to the Weighing In Podcast. We were lucky enough to have, and we're going to give you a little bit of a taste of Bilal Muhammad was on here talking to us. Josh, what'd you think of that with Bilal? I can go on for 10 minutes, but since you guys made fun of me because you said I was going to go on for 10 minutes, <laughs> I'm not going to go on for 10 minutes. I'm simply going to say I ran into him in Chicago with the Bellator fights. And I felt like we were best friends from the moment we said hi. So as soon as, as soon as that happened, I said, I had never met him before. So I said, Hey, can we get you on the show? He's like, yeah, sure. Let me know anytime. So I hit him up. I said, Hey, do you want to come on tonight? He's like, absolutely. Let's go. The guy's spectacular, man. So fun. So much energy and just a great, great human being. Love talking with him. Great, great. Yeah. Guy. The guy, look at the guy's been on fire. He is now up in the top with, you know, the welterweights, the talk of, who is going to be the person getting that title shot or who is next in line after that? He is definitely part of that conversation. So I'm going to give you guys a little taste of the interview that we just did with Bilal Muhammad. And like you said, it's like there will be rounds where a couple of the guys I've seen them sparring and then I'd be able to look at him like, brother, you're a better wrestler than this guy and he's a better striker than you. So why are you trying to strike with him? Like even in the practice, they have that mentality of like, do what's going to help you win. Why are you doing, why are you striking with a striker? You're so stupid. Like I'd be We'll call you out. And those those call-outs, I think, helped a lot, too, because that, that made me bring that back to, to my team here in Chicago where at the end of your practice over there, have people like, yo, you look terrible today. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you wrestled with this guy. He controlled you on the ground. You look like a little fish out there. You're playing on your back too much. And that's what I'm used to here is like, oh, let's I'm playing on my back. I, I'm, I, let me throw up the, the triangle a little bit or this a little bit. And it's like over there you throw up the triangle at them. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to pass your guard. They're going to mount you. They're going to hold you there, wrist ride you the whole time. And you're going to feel like, bro, am I a white belt? I don't know what's going on here. All right. If you're going to catch that whole interview, just check out what we did with him. It's a fantastic interview. The guy is awesome. My man, Josh, how you doing, baby? I'm always doing good, man. I'm feeling Ooh. good. It's it's the evening time. It's a, I have a lot good, more energy at night good. versus 5 a.m. when we normally film. <laughs> like <laughs> I got a little bit more energy on the midweek shows. I, I you know I, I was able to sleep in a little bit and you know get a little extra. I mean, what I mean by sleeping, guys, is like I don't have to be up by 4:20, 4:30 to get over here, set things up, get a little food, <laughs> make my coffee. I'm normally up around 5:30 ish, I guess 5 5:30 ish. I don't know. I, An I'm hour throws good. you off. I'm feeling good. When you only get, I only go, I go to bed normally around midnight. So I only get about four and a half to five hours every day, John. Yeah, I know. So, man, it's hard. Yeah, you know, you know, John will text me. We're on the road. He's, he's like, I'll be drinking till midnight. Text me, if, you know, and I'll text you, hey, you want to go get coffee? He's like, coffee? Fuck, dude, what's your coffee? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> How long have you been up? Been up for a couple hours. Okay, let's go get coffee. Let's go. Um, look, let's get into some, into some fight talk. Let's jump right into this. Uh, you know, you got the PFL coming up. Before 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 we do that, let me jump into mybookie.ag. Use our promo code weighing in, and uh, hopefully you can win a lot of cash from us, uh, spitting you guys some uh, some knowledge on these fights. So go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code weighing in. All right, let's move on. Ready? Where did it go, Dave? It disappeared. Where? Yeah, but where I'm giving you guys the opportunity to talk about something new we have. For That's right. Oh, because we have done it, Josh. We have gone to another <laughs> level. 
We have got a new store, oh. and we've got new products. And this is the one thing I'm trying to say to everyone. I'm being honest. I went and bought some of our swag. I was not impressed with the quality. So I went to the best people there are in the business and said, hey, man, I need your help. I need quality stuff done. And now I am promising you quality shirts, quality hoodies, hats, stuff that you will be impressed by, stuff that you can wear time and time again. I am not the person that wants to sit there and have a shirt that I can wear once and then it looks like a piece of crap the second time. All of our stuff is now best quality. I'm getting hoodies that are like Carhartt hoodies. There's three levels you can do. So yeah, they do cost a little bit different, but you can make that decision. You want the, the top quality stuff out there? We have it now. What I'm excited about is not the four layers that they put on that sweater you're wearing right there, buddy. They put a white down because I used to, I still kind of own a t-shirt company and a clothing company. They put a white down, then they lay the black and they lay the white back over it. That shit drives me crazy. It feels like you've got this heat press on you when it's hot outside. Yeah. So now that we have moved away from all of that, now we're moving into some more hoodies and some more sweats or some more shirts. All of these things will be available. We'll have sweats. We'll have joggers. We'll have all these things. We're just getting it up and going right now, so be patient with us. We'll have the hats. That's what we really love. Those you guys, you want you guys to understand, we are still going to be using um, our logo for our main channel, but we're going to probably go back, I think, to our original logo, the one you see right there. And uh, we're going to make some changes and some adjustments to all of this coming up. So just be patient with us in the clothing department. Work on some sweats, working on some uh, joggers, working on a bunch of different types of uh, gear and clothing for you guys. So hit the link down below. Correct, Dave? That's right. Hit the link down below and uh, that'll take you to our clothing line and you guys can pick out what you guys want. It's coming up. Black Friday, baby. Black Friday. This will be available for everyone. Pick it up. Pick it up for Christmas. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into the fights. The PFL. 2022 season PFL championships coming up and it's on pay-per-view, which is the dumbest thing I've ever freaking heard. (laughs) I'm sorry. The PFL should not be on. You are on ESPN. Allow people to see your product. You are putting it out there for a price of $50. Only idiots like me are going to pay for that price. $49.99, John. Get your numbers correct. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Wait, wait till the tax hits. It's fifty four uh, something. I um, I'm encouraged. Pay for you is not the answer. I know, I know it's not. I know it's not. But I'm also somebody that says, you know what? I really am looking to support all promotions and what they're doing. They decided they want to go the pay per view route. Great. Most people would have went to like the app route. Or they would have went to you know like how one's going to Amazon Prime. You know, uh, Bellator is working out their things, and um, <clears throat> but it's uh, I think I think realistically, I think this is going to be one of those we're going to figure out exactly where the PFL is with the numbers. I'm assuming they will be probably somewhere around because it's on the ESPN pay per view, correct? Yes, they're going to do decent numbers. What I mean by decent numbers is that they'll they'll break a hundred thousand. No, they will not. Okay, okay. I don't think they will. I'm just being honest, and it's not that I don't think they don't have some good fights. I'm just being honest. People, people believe in the UFC's product, Mm -hmm. and they'll pay for it. Yeah, they're not going to pay for other ones right now. I get you. Don't believe in them enough. 
I get and you. they they honestly don't know the fighters enough. No, I, that's another thing I'm a little concerned about. But what I think that will happen was the machine behind ESPN this week will be they will have the pictures of the fighters up there available for purchase, pay per view. I as think soon as people see forty nine ninety nine or ninety five, which is going to be fifty four dollars, they're going to go. I'll wait for the next UFC. John, John, quit being so negative, okay? Can we negative bring, bring, the, bring the positive energy to this podcast? Got it? I, Dude, I'm all positive about the fights. <laughs> I'm talking about the people in charge of it. It's like yeah. you, the, the pay-per-view platform is, is going by the wayside, yeah, Josh. You is. know that. And it's like, why are you getting into that when there's so many different avenues yeah. you could take your product so you get eyeballs on your product so people see the quality of what you do. Yeah, let's remember this. The UFC, they were doing well in pay-per-views, but not doing great as the numbers started to drop because the more of the streaming services started, you know, the younger generation started streaming everything. They decided to sell their 500,000 pay-per-views to the ESPN, which they gladly picked up and guaranteed that they would buy those 500,000. That made it easier for them to say, look, we will put as much as we can into it, but we've also got to stay within our budget. And we will push. And if it goes over, cool. We split it 50-50 over the 500000 But up until then, we get paid. They went away from the pay-per-view model for a reason. They couldn't pass up the ESPN deal. But they also saw the way that the, ES, that the pay-per-view model was trending. And it's yeah. trending like this, John. Have you ever seen a graph? It does oh, yeah. this. Yeah. But at the very end, it's now doing this. So and that's, that's really what's happening. And so they, well, they, got, ahead of the, they got ahead of it. They and really a lot did. of it is, I, I'm going to be honest, a lot of it, is, it's pirating. You get all, you, now people are great at stealing, you know, the things. So it's not that people aren't putting sometimes their eyeballs on your product. They're not paying for it, though. When that's the other to. thing. When people weren't paying for your product and the eyeballs are still out there and you know they're out there, where do you where do you go next? You start to build your merch areas. You start to build uh, gyms. You start to build all these other things that are out there. They get people associated with your product. And that's really what they've done. The what the uh, PI, the Performance Institute, they did that for the fighters, but then people can still go. They've got UFC gyms and UFC fits everywhere. They've got their clothing brand is pretty much all around. They got UFC gloves, kickboxing shields, all these other things. They have learned that people are still watching their product and they're using that that all the eyeballs on it, whether they're being streamed or not, to sell their product in other ways that people will pay for. So they've done a good job behind that. I don't know if this is going to work for them, but I'm, I'm, my fingers are crossed, man. I want to see them be successful. This for, worked for the PFL. For all of the fighters, for all of the fighters, I want to see every organization stay in business. That's the bottom line because there's so many top-level fighters, John, like we talk about, that people haven't even heard of that are on the undercard of the undercard somewhere you know, in Uzbekistan fighting that are fucking world-class fighters that are potential champions coming up. Just no one's ever heard of them. They just got to get eyeballs on them. They're everywhere. So every promotion that could stay um, stay open or stay going to give all these fighters an opportunity to fight, I support. This is a big move for them. Hopefully it works out. I'm thinking they break 100,000. I don't think so. No? Fingers crossed. That's what do you think of this fight, though? This is uh, the third time they fought. Third or fourth? This is the third time. This is the third mm -hmm. time. You got to look at, you know, Larissa Pacheco is someone who, she's got only got four losses. She's good, and she's good with her hands, but she's, it has been proven two times that when she gets taken down by someone like Kayla, she can't get up. No. She not only cannot get up, she cannot 
she cannot stop what's occurring as far as some of the ground and pound. She does a good job of slowing it down, but she can't stop it. But she cannot create situations really that are putting Kayla in trouble, making her defend, putting her on you know the defensive in any fashion really. So she's going to have to change something up here, Josh. There's you know you you can't go back into that battle in the same way after two losses and say I'm going to be the same fighter. Yeah. It's there has to be something that she's going to change up. She's going to look at doing differently, other than sitting and saying, "Well, this time I'm going to land the shot that's going to hurt her. I'm going to I'm going to be the stand-up fighter that she can't deal with." She's already proven that she can deal with you twice in that area as far as getting into you and taking you to the ground. She's done it for you know, and both fights went the distance, so it's showing how good Pacheco really is, and that she is a very strong competitor. She's tough as hell. She's going to have to change something up here, though. You said it, though, John. She's tough as hell. Doesn't mean that she's good. I think she is good, but I'm not no, saying she that is. she's made the advancements and the improvements that she needs to. Being tough doesn't win you the fight. Nope. It can sometimes make it interesting, but you've got to be able to make those adjustments and those improvements. I think, honestly, <clears throat> she if she can get out from underneath Kayla Harrison two or three times, then she, I think I think it'll be I think it'll change the fight. Because the shots and the power that Pacheco has, they'll open up a little bit more, and Kayla Harrison will be a little bit more tired and fatigued to get the takedown repeatedly over and over and over again. It's a lot. People don't realize just because she gets it down, she gets the fight down pretty easily, or she fights a little bit maybe for the first one, but then they just start to wilt a little bit more after the first one and maybe into the second one. Then they get easier and easier. If Pacheco can get up off the bottom and make space and get away and make this an interesting fight, I think that's where she's going to make it. That's the way she needs to make this fight happen to make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and she's, she's looked really good throughout the tournament to get herself in this position. Uh, she had a dominant win in her last fight. But when you have someone and mentally, no matter what, yes, you can want that, that fight again. And you can say, that's the fight that I've been aiming for and you're ready for it. But in the back of your mind, you know, you had problems with her for six rounds already, you know, well, was it six or was it more? I'm trying to remember if they had it in the beginning, but this fight's going to be five rounds, right? Championship fight. I want to, I want to take away from this though. John is Kayla Harrison's already said that she's not going to be fighting. And this is her last tournament tournament. PFL. Yep. yep. Now I believe she's going to leave. Now I don't know where she's going to go. I don't either, but I believe she's going to leave. <clears throat> Is her foot already kind of one foot out the door? Is that kind of a mistake she maybe can be making? I don't think she'd lay. She's been too good of a competitor throughout her life in judo, now in MMA. She doesn't make that mental, you know, mistake of overlooking someone. She and even with Larissa, someone and this is tough when you're when you're Kayla and you've gotten two wins against someone already. Mm-hmm. It's tough to get yourself up for that. Until you look and say, there's also another million dollars that I can sit there and uh, put it into my bank account. That's a good thing. Kayla, in my opinion, is a fantastic competitor. She mentally is very strong. And then when you're looking and you're saying, you know, physically, obviously, she's gifted. Mentally, she's very strong. She's got it all, which that's why she's been who she, you know, as good as she's been. That's why she's been the champion there multiple times. The fact that she's not fighting in the tournament next year or could she be going somewhere else? Absolutely. But I think that tournament takes a toll on people and you get tired of it. 
you get yeah. tired of knowing that I have to be fighting again in two months mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, you do have injuries and you, and you're, you're going into something, not every fighter goes into fights a little banged up, but sometimes you're going a little bit more than just a little banged up. And it could be that she's tired of, you know, having to deal with that. And it's like, Hey, I'll take, I'll take super fights or I'm going to move on to something else that, that piques my interest. And that could be what she's going to do. I don't know. I think the combination of, I think they probably want to get rid of the weight class and she doesn't want to make 45. It's a tough weight class as far as there's not, there's not that much competition in it. And even 45 is tough. Well, you can just tell there's not that much competition. She's fought the same person three times now in the finals. That's, (laughs) that's where you're at right now. So, um, uh, okay, let's go to the next fight. This fight I'm extremely excited about. This one's a goodie. This, this should be good. a great fight. Yeah. You got Brendan, Bubba, Go ahead. Go ahead. You no, go. You go. You go. You go. Brendan Lohan against, <laughs> <laughs> against Bubba Jenkins. This is for the featherweight title. It's one of the strongest weight classes the PFL has. They got a lot of good talent in this weight class. And for these two guys to get to the finals... I thought Brendan looked outstanding in his last matchup against Chris Wade. That was a big fight. Yeah. Bubba looked great in his. These guys match up well, but it's not going to be an easy fight for either one. Bubba's got his strengths in the wrestling. His stand-up has come a long way. Brendan has got his strengths in the stand-up, and his wrestling's come a long way. So this is going to be a fun fight. All I know is Lohan can go and go and go. He normally doesn't get tired. Bubba gets a little tired at times. And with the power that Brendan possesses in his hands, he can put someone away real quick. Bubba's going to have to be very, very sharp in this fight to get a win. I would agree with all that until that one little comment about where he gets tired. Now, he does get tired, but I have seen a huge improvement on him not shutting down these last two tournaments when he got tired. He got shut down a little bit the last tournament where he couldn't get the takedowns and he kind of like just, you could just tell he was getting frustrated. It wasn't working out for him in the last tournament. This tournament, when he, when he started to get tired, he still was able to push. When he, when he didn't get a takedown, he was still able to grind it out, stand on the feet a little bit more. He's feeling a lot more comfortable on the feet now, which I think before he wasn't. So he was just zapping his energy. He was feeling uncomfortable. Oh, if I don't get the takedown, it's going to, I'm going to lose. I'm going to get knocked out. That is not where he's mentally at anymore. He's getting co- more, more and more confident every tournament. He's getting a little bit older, but more and more every every tournament, he's getting more confident. And I think if he, if he's going to win, when well, this is his opportunity right now. I thought last year that was kind of his opportunity as well, but this one I feel like he's gotten even better. He's gotten even better, and I think I think Brendan Lohan though also has showed a lot this lot this tournament as well. So to see where he where he can try to exploit. Bubba in the wrestling and keep propping back up and make him feel uncomfortable fighting off of his back foot. If he can do that, then he can win this fight. But if he gets taken down repeatedly, I think Bubba's able to control him, top position, sit him back down, lift, dump, all those things, which is going to make Brandon also tired. Take some power off his punches and, and also slow his combinations down for Bubba to be, to be able to see him. I want so you this to make, remember this. Yes. You've been watching him do this. Three round fights. This one is five. Are they five rounds? Yes, it's the championship fight. Yeah, all right. I'm still gonna take Bubba. Okay, I like I'm still that. Still gonna take Bubba. All right. 
It's okay. You got to stick with the wrestlers, man. I grew up wrestling, man. You got to stick with the wrestlers. <laughs> I'm a nerd It's all like good. That. Okay, Ante Dalija versus Matea Shuffle has been fantastic. Mateus has looked really good throughout this tournament, man. He's really impressed me with his patience, his power, everything. I'm just not sure that he can take the pressure and the power of Dalia. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, John. I think the same thing. Shuffle, he's too he's too easily hittable. And that could end up being a problem, you know, especially if you start to slow down, you get tired, you don't you don't keep your defense up as tight. Okay, if you're not able to get the fight to the ground when you do get popped, all of those things play a big factor. I'm going to go with Anton. Julia Bud, so. not in a championship fight. This is a three-round fight, featherweight fight with Aspen Ladd, who has now jumped over to the PFL after being let go by the UFC. This is a really good matchup, and you're looking at, you know, record-wise, Julia's got a lot more uh, experience and stuff, but Aspen Ladd is, is a handful, and just to put you know, put it out there for Julia is a fantastic physical athlete. It's the mental part where sometimes she doesn't believe in herself like other people do. And if Aspen Ladd has come into the PFL with the right attitude, she can get a win against Julia Budd. This is a big, this is a big fight for her setting her up for future fights and that tournament in the PFL. I got mixed emotions about this fight. Why? No, just, no. You're not saying anything. I just I don't know what to say, Useless. man. Uh, Julia Bud has the ability to beat I think any featherweight physical female, ability. Fe physical ability to beat any. Does she have the mental female. ability? Sometimes. Does she believe in herself like other people do? No. And that's no. a problem. When she should. Yes. That's the other she thing. Should. She should. Yeah. She's got all the physical, like you said, physical ability. It just she's gotta make the adjustments, man. And Aspen Ladd, I don't know where her mental has been lately. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. All the all the criticism she got with the coaching situation and then criticism over not making weight and then being let go and released and then coming here. I don't know. You got, that's a lot to bear on your mentality. Your mental going into fights. I don't care what promotion you're in. Plus, this is also another fight. This is your first fight in another promotion. You're used to fighting another promotion. And you come here. It doesn't matter where you were before. It's something new. The new the people in the back are new to you. The matchmakers are new to you. The refs, they're normally the same, but there's still some new refs. Everything is different. People that walk you from the back locker room to the cage is different. The doctor's different. Everything is different. You got to build a relationship there to make it feel like home. This is her first fight. I think she's going to have some struggles in this fight. Okay. I just think so. A fantastic lightweight battle between Stevie Ray, who has done really well, beautiful wins against Anthony Pettis to get himself mm -hmm. into this title fight against Oliver Alban Mercier. Mercier I, has said this could possibly be his last fight also. I mean, if he wins a million dollars, it probably will be. If he doesn't, <laughs> he'll probably be back. He'll probably be back. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Ray looked good, though. He looked good. Grinder, just, you know, he, he's, he understands the ground game. You know, he's doing pretty well in terms of on the feet. He can, I think he can handle on the feet. He's got to be careful for the big one shot by OAM. And then OAM, I think he's going to try to struggle to get this fight to the ground a little bit. If he gets his fight to the ground, he, he'll, he'll just try to use his strength and control and slow the fight pace down. 
And as the fight goes on, he's just trying to take it away. It, it seems like they have a tale of two two cards here. You got the fights that they don't think, the title fights they don't think are going to be exciting, kind of down below. And then you've got the the fights that they think will be exciting up above. Yeah. That's a lot of title fights, John. It that is, a, is lot. a lot of five round fights. If yes, these are it five is. if these are five rounds. But then that's why you have your yeah. uh them going to a pay per view. They got all these title fights and they think people are gonna be interested in that. And they might they may be right. Delano Taylor against Sadabu Sai. Actually not a bad matchup. Not I think this fight. one's actually fun. And and if you take a look at the people that are in that welterweight division mm -hmm. and who has not made it to this, you know, title match. These guys, both of them, big-time power, good on the feet, fast. Both of them long, tall, lanky, like you mm -hmm. like to talk about. Yep. I mean, Sadabusai, he's kind of been here before. I think with Delano Taylor, he's going to just have to stick and move. But you, I think he's going to be a little bit more of the faster fighter. Maybe I'm wrong. I think Taylor's going to be a little bit more of the faster fighter, but he's got to get in and get out. Sai likes to kind of wait a little bit. He doesn't He doesn't have a lot of output, Sadabusai. So this should be a fun fight. Yeah, no, it should be, and you're you're right. Sai sometimes will start fairly slow, and he'll yeah. wait, and he'll look to counter, and then he'll look to just start building upon it. If you wait too long with Taylor, you might not get the chance to be able to, to turn it on in the later rounds. So we're gonna find out. But that is a good one. Omari Akhmedov versus Rob Wilkinson. I like Rob Wilkinson. I think he's fun to watch. I think he is a hell of a tough fighter. Agree, agree. Akhmedov though. He's a dog. <laughs> he's he's a, dog. a bully. He is. He is. He's a bully. He's going to push a good him thing. around. He's going to push him around, try to get to the top. He's going to throw some big heat. Some yes. big heat. And then in Wilkinson's last fight, man, he got lit. You know, he got he got hurt. He got stung, but he came back, you know, real well and, and got the win, you know, knocking his opponent out. But, man, did he knock him out or did he get a submission? I can't remember. But I really I was impressed with Wilkinson and the way he was able to take the big shots and get through it but if you're looking at omari omari is someone KO. that has got did did knock him out ko but omari's got he's doing really well and you know the guys in att really believe that he's really turned the corner on his ability to maintain his cardio in the fight and if he can do that he's got a real good yeah. shot in this one next fight Shimon Moraz against Marlon Moraz. <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, I'm 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 actually happy about this fight because it's not a guy named uh, Burgos. No, Burgos, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Shane Burgos, I thought was just a horrible matchup. It was a horrible, Marlon. horrible matchup, and I was really upset that they uh, that happened, but unfortunately i'm not trying to say anything bad about shane burgos great guy unfortunately he wasn't able to make this he got injured had to pull out of the fight so we have shimon moraz going against marlon this is a good matchup uh shimon very good on the feet marlon's got a lot of power i am really glad to see that marlon is fighting at featherweight instead of bantamweight so he's not cutting down so much not losing all that weight i think it may make a big difference in his performance I think it's going to make a huge difference. Now, the problem that I think that's always been is that he's got a small waist, broad shoulders, and he's not very tall. You put him next <laughs> no. to Shane Burgos in that same division, geez, man. But then if you put him against um, Shane if you put him against him, 
He's going to still be a. What's that? Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. He's not going. He's not going to be the. It's but different style of fighter. Yes. With Shane Burgos, he will take a shot to deliver a shot. He will walk you down and make you pay. That's right. Mar- Marlon, I want, I'm interested to see how much his cardio is affected, and if it's going to make an increase in his conditioning, which it should, by him not cutting this amount, like so much weight. Yeah, I think he's going to feel a whole lot better coming into this yeah. fight. You know, as the as the time comes up for them to call him out, he's going to feel the difference of that weight cut. So hopefully it really works for him. Natan Schulte against Jeremy Stevens. Little heathen still in there coming at him. Schulte, ex-champion here in the PFL. He had won the tournament. What do you think? I mean, which Jeremy am I getting? The motivated Jeremy, the one that's going to walk down and try and murder you? If I get that one, I think he wins. Yep. If I get the one that waits for the other guy to like stick and move, stick and move, and just tries to land the one shot, if I get the Jeremy that just tries to land the one shot, that ain't going to work. <clears throat> so I it depends on which which Jeremy I get. That's what I want to see. Then we've got Magomed, Magomed Karamov. It's a hell of a name. Yeah. I love that. Against Gleason Tebow. Uh, not a good fight, in my opinion, for Gleason. Gleason is a... You know, he's getting up with how many fights he's had. And Magomed Karamov, he's a killer. This guy is good. He was in the finals last year. He did lose to, you know, Ray Cooper in the finals. But he was winning that fight when Ray Cooper knocked him out. Yep. Yeah. And then Ray Cooper's nowhere to be seen this year. Like He yep. had his two fights and was like, I'm going to just sit back and collect my money and just hang out. He was He's on that rest. He's like, I'm going to take this this week off, this, this tournament off. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Magomed, Magomed, Karamov, Karamov is going to just, he's just going to walk him down, touch him up with some big hands, you know, stuff the stuff the takedowns. And if he has to be on top, and get, get on the top. takedown. And he's going to, yeah, get the takedown. If he's on top, it's going to dominate. He'll, he'll stand, though. He'll stand yep. trying to knock him out on the feet. Any other fights on this card you want to talk about? Nope. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our PFL talk. Let's go ahead and move into some other news. Is it news or what are we talking about now? Yeah, we got news. Uh, oh, we got, we got news. We got news. We got, we got news. news. I'll let you guys talk about it. All right. Okay. We've got Ryan Bader, the Darth Bader. Love that. <laughs> Against the man, the myth, the legend, Fedor Emelianenko, coming out on CBS February 4th in a heavyweight title clash. What do you think? This is a rematch. I think that... I had put my foot in my mouth when I saw Fedor before Fedor had um, fought Tim Johnson. I thought it was a horrible matchup for him. Tim Johnson is a mountain of a man, and he had been on a roll in terms of fighting guys really tough mm-hmm. and and just being able to kind of push them around, letting the hands go. And I thought Fedor was in a lot of trouble. And he came out and still possesses that power. And one and thing that speed, Tim, which is speed, amazing. That's what Tim Johnson had said. He's like, I didn't expect him to be that fast. And you go back and listen to some of the, the interviews with Frank Mir. I didn't expect him to be that fast. Uh, Chael Sonnen, I didn't expect him to be that fast. That is a huge... And the punches come from weird angles. If you watch any of his YouTube videos of him coaching his his guys, Nemkov and... Um, and uh, uh, the bigger, the smaller heavyweight. The smaller heavyweight. Moldovsky. Moldovsky. If you have him, you have him. Watch those videos. The way he does his step back with a little uppercut. The way he knocked out Frank Mir. The way he does the step back with a little hook. The way he does things in a different angle. 
you can't ever count them out. As much as I, I was going to count them out, you can't count them out. I'm telling you right now, Lee. I, I worked out with him. You know, I've been friends with Fedor. I love the guy. I worked out with him, you know, long ago, back in 2010. Dude, he was so fast, and he created such beautiful angles. He did it really well. He create, he just creates problems for you to the point where you're trying to catch up to him, and it's tough. Now we saw in the first fight though that Bader <clears throat> knocked him out and knocked him out with a beautiful left hook. You know, put it right on the button. And that's that's heavyweights. That can happen in any heavyweight fight. One punch can end it. You know, and so I look and say, is it going to be the same fight? It's not going to be the same fight. I don't think it's going to be the same fight. I think they're, they're going to get after each other for a while. Could be the Bader comes out on top. I mean, Ryan Bader is a fantastic representative in the sport. I love the guy. You talk about you want to follow someone, follow Bader because his family – He's always doing stuff with his family. It's funny as hell. He's it's great. Hilarious. He's always pulling pranks on his on his brother in law, who's always with him, because uh, they they they're always doing things. And it's he is a great guy. God bless him, man. Uh, his family is awesome. So great fight. The fact that it's on CBS is that a big thing? That's a huge thing. I mean, look, there's a lot of stuff going on with you know. Bellator, CBS, Showtime, Paramount Plus, they're all, you know, the articles are out there. They're trying to figure out how what they're going to do. Well, Viacom owns Bellator. Just in case somebody at Viacom needs to hear that. You guys, yeah, is listening. You guys, you guys own this promotion. Um, you know, and so when it comes down to this, this is a huge deal. Is that this is the amount of viewership that they're going to need to get on a regular basis. I think if they're going to continue to come on CBS, is they need to get between, I think anywhere between, I'd say one and a half to two and a half million views. Damn, that's a bit. That's a number that look. TV has gone down <clears throat> in terms of on the the major networks. We understand it's not it's not the same. Same thing with the pay per views. They've gone down. The graph looks like this. This isn't. This is bringing new eyeballs to it. People flipping through will be able to see what the product that that Bellator possesses. Fedor has an opportunity to. Um, Bellator has an opportunity to be on CBS for the very first time. Fedor, um, him, himself, just being able to showcase his skills, his last retirement fight. There'll be a little bit of hype around that, I would imagine. Bator, this being a rematch, him losing to, uh, or Fedor losing to Bator there. And then plus Yoel making his his CBS uh, against Nemkov, if that fight happens. I mean, Nemkov had a tough fight against Corey Anderson. This is a quick turnaround. Yeah, real quick. February, February 4th is around the corner. Yep. So, and then whatever other fight they decide to put on there. I mean, I'm hearing some buzz, but I can't do that because I'm not media. So I can't break that story. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Just go ahead and push that push that get, narrative. Yeah. <laughs> yes. John, I had questions. I had some questions and they were answered. But let me, let me ask you your opinion. You have Fedor who's on his retirement fight. And you have yeah. Ryan Bader who is the, the heavyweight champ. Bader is a way Bader fights way better at heavyweight than yes. he should have never went back down to 205 and never been down went back down there after his fight with Nemkov. This is a big time fight for the two of them being on CBS for Bellator. But if Fedor wins, he has your title and he rides away. And then you have a vacant title. Yep. I get a little skeptical about that. That's it. You know, I was going to ask you the same thing. I was going to ask you, what what do you think about the fact that if Fedor wins, he's going to walk away? Is that the fight that you want to make if you are Scott Coker 
and the promotion of Bellator because your title could be walking away. And so now you've got to make a title fight between two other people. But you look and you go, it's been done before. Yeah. It's been done before. It it doesn't end anything. I, I look and I say, I understand why people go, why would you do that? But based upon who Fedor has been to the sport, based upon, you know, his legacy, based upon what Bader has been at heavyweight. He hasn't been beat at heavyweight with uh, Bellator. And, and like you said, I believe he's a much a much more difficult fight mm-hmm. for people in heavyweight based upon not a whole lot of not a whole lot of good wrestling in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some guys that can, but it's not, you know, it's few and far between comparative to the lighter weight classes. And then also He's faster as a heavyweight. As a light heavyweight, moderate, decent speed. Mm-hmm. Definitely not blazing. Definitely there's guys that are faster. Their hands are faster. As a heavyweight, his hands are fast. He's fast. He's tough to hit. You know, He's a little bit, you know, that old Keith Jardine, herky-jerky motion at times. The people will look and say, he's just not smooth. It's okay because it yeah. works for him. And he doesn't have to be smooth. And I think that as a heavyweight, Bader's plenty big enough. And, and you know, Fedor made his his legacy off of fighting as a heavyweight, 231, 232, 233. He's might, he might even be a little bit heavier now. But it was always 230. And, no, and what is Ryan was, Bader going to walk in I remember in at one of the – sorry to interrupt, but I remember at one of the, one of the prides, he was 222. Yeah. He was a and, small guy. It always worked for him because yeah. speed was what he used to win fights. You know, obviously, good technique, but speed is difficult for heavyweights to deal with. Well, and that's why Fedor's been so good, and I think that's why Ryan Bader's good, too. When you usually mix speed with power, that kind of helps as well. Hello. <laughs> and it, and it, I, well, the, the amazing thing, if you look at it, and we talk all the time about, eh, you know, and and this is you know, friend. Let's take let's take a look at Frankie Edgar, who's a friend of yours, friend of mine. I love him, and I was crushed with his last fight being you know the one it was because I was like, man, that's a tough fight for him, mm-hmm. you know, based upon speed. And Frankie was always the faster fighter, mm-hmm. you know, especially as a lightweight, then as a featherweight, can, then as bantamweight, it really tailed off. And as he got older, that speed just started to diminish a little bit, and it happens to everyone. And the one thing you got to say, and I, I'm sure that Fedor is not quite as fast as he used to be, but he's still damn fast yeah. for a heavyweight. His hands are fast, and he delivers. He, you know, it's it's weird. You, you'll see guys when they kind of look like they're jumping into a punch. It's not good to leave your feet. Fedor doesn't leave his feet. It looks like he is, but his foot is, you know, planted firmly on the ground. So mm-hmm. he delivers with a lot of power. I just think this is huge. For me, this is huge news. And the reason why is like you're going straight from the first big time co-promotion with Ryzen on New Year's Eve against Bellator. So Bellator and Ryzen are competing and they're putting their champions in there and their normal contenders. First, and there's also some other fights in there um, on that card that are cross promotions, not just the title fights. Yeah. Then you take that. That's on December 31st, New Year's Eve in Japan, in Tokyo, Japan. Then you're moving from there. Then you're going to go through January. This is going to be your first fight. Big time news, basically, on CBS for your first fight of the year. This is huge, man. I think if you're if you're talking about what they're doing in terms of trending in the right direction, that's big. Now, yeah. 
I know, I know, I got a lot of flack from the media about you? oh about promoting what? promoting you. <laughs> so I guess for me, I guess for me, hey guys, you're gonna cover this. Are you gonna cover the fact that they're doing things that everyone's been begging them to do for the longest time? Are you guys gonna cover that? There's the biggest co-promotion they've ever done, and now finally Bellator is on CBS under Scott Coker. You have the goat of the heavyweight division on his retirement fight. Is headlining against Ryan Bader, who's undefeated at heavyweight. Are we gonna cover that? You got Yoel Romero fighting Nemkov. I mean, like, are we gonna get some coverage here? There'll be another. There's another really big fight on there that I can't bring it up because I'm not media. But there's another big fight on there that uh they're that they're putting together. So those three fights will be the three big fights on that card. Potentially, maybe even a swing bout. Um, I just want to know: Are we gonna get some coverage out of this? Did I use the proper language? All right, Much let's better. move on. Let's Much move better. on. <laughs> Much better. Well, John could have saved me the first time. <laughs> Left me out the dry. <laughs> Hung me out the dry. <laughs> uh, uh, what's next, I Dave? Did. All right. Um, I just want to get a quick reaction right. to the update for Cain Velasquez. Um, obviously, he was granted probation. Now, he is being allowed to compete in wrestling um, in Arizona. And he doesn't have to have, wear a tracker, so he can compete. Almost well, he freely. doesn't have to wear a tracker, but yes. he will. That's because he will have a person, a police officer, a person with the judicial system who will be with him the entire time. He has okay? to pay for out of pocket. He has to pay for that out of pocket to have that person for that tracker to come off, and so he's paying for that. He is definitely being watched it's not like they don't know exactly where he's at and what he's doing so the tracker part yes he's got a tracker it's just a human tracker they had another judge that kept him in jail and then they released him because this new judge came in and said no absolutely not let's go ahead and release him after thinking about it for about five or six hours so they finally released him and then now a week what a week later let's see he was released last friday so now he's here. This is perfect. This is he's able to show that he can can have a job, provide for his family. He's having to pay out of pocket, still suffer a little bit by having somebody go with him that he has to pay out of pocket in terms of police officer and having someone to almost like a bodyguard, basically <laughs> a bodyguard and, and someone to watch over you, you know. But ultimately, this gives him it's like a chaperone. It is like a chaperone, just a really expensive one. Yep. Um. This is this is gives him a path to take care of his family. That's the most important thing. He can go ahead and maintain a job, get paid, take care of his family, still be there for his kids. You know, his this is perfect for him. this is this the this if I was to think of a perfect scenario of the circumstances of which he's in, this is it. This is it. Like he can work, he can provide for his family, he can be at home, sleep in his own bed, you know. Be with his wife and his kids. This is all the things that you would want for him outside of having an ankle monitor when he's at home. So if you want to visit him, you got to go to the house. That is not a problem. So those are all things that I'm excited for. I'm happy for him. And, um, you know, this thing, this thing's going to take some time. John, oh, you yeah. and I were talking off air about this. This is going to take anywhere between two to five years to get this thing sorted out. Yeah. But so the wheels of justice grind slowly and sometimes that's good <laughs> yep sometimes. sometimes all right next good all right this next story so there's a report out that Ngannou is not 
close to re-signing with the UFC yet, and therefore a Jones return may end up being against Curtis Blades for the heavyweight title. So what's your what's your take on kind of all this turmoil slash the fight we end up with? Either one of these. I don't care. If John Jones comes back and fights Francis Ngannou, that's awesome. That means that Francis has signed a new contract with UFC and he's going to be under their uh, domain for a while, and that's fine. If they don't sign Francis and he ends up going somewhere else, you're bringing in Curtis Blades. That's a great matchup in the heavyweight division for John. It's someone that, look, Curtis is super good in the wrestling aspect. His stand-up has gotten really good. He's long, big guy. John is now a big guy. He's not going to have to cut weight at all. I like it. I think it's the right thing to do. You're you're taking a look and you're trying to make it to where your heavyweight champion is fighting the guy coming from being the light heavyweight champion. He's been off a long time, you know, and uh, I can't, I think they're doing the right thing. This is going to be definitely an unpopular opinion. <laughs> what I'm about to say. <laughs> Curtis Blades, to me, is the tougher fight. Not the more dangerous fight, the tougher no. fight. Might be. Does that make Might sense? Be. Yeah, Might. absolutely. <clears throat> okay, so follow, follow me if you guys don't get it at home yet. Curtis Blades has more tools, more weapons, and will give Johns a little bit of a fit in the wrestling area. Maybe not a lot, but enough to make him Oh, he'll hard. give him a lot of fit. I he'll think give he him will. a big fit in the wrestling I'm not, area. I just don't want to overcompensate, okay? I have small <laughs> hands. That's, that's what I do around here, okay? So I'm seriously just trying to say that Curtis Blades can wrestle him, can stand with him a little bit, can't doesn't doesn't want to get carried away on the feet. <clears throat> but what we not what we're not taking into consideration, John Jones may not have the conditioning that we all think at the heavyweight division. He may be a little bit where it may slow down. He is getting older, and this has been three years. But he's off. not old, but he's not old. He's not old, but he's John. He's been off for three years. I know that initial know fight that. pace, that initial, you know. Uh, Getting in there, you're fighting at a faster pace than you could train at. Now, one thing John Jones has always had is what? Fight Great IQ. fight IQ. He's he's top of the food chain, man, when it comes to his fight IQ. This guy knows what it takes to be a winner. Curtis Blades, to me, is the more dangerous, not the more dangerous fight, but the it's the more difficult fight because he's so well-rounded. Francis Ngannou has the punch and the danger of being knocked out for, for John Jones. And he may be able to stuff one takedown, but I don't think he's going to be able to stuff two or three. And in that process, John with that little cat, that thigh kick, the oblique kick, the, the trickiness of the way John stands and understanding how to deal with heavyweights or understanding how to deal with top-level fighters, period. There's not a thing that Francis Ngannou can bring to the table that John Jones hasn't already seen. And same thing kind of goes for Curtis Blades, but Curtis Blades can do it at a heavyweight division, but he moves like a like a light heavyweight. Yep. Francis Ngannou doesn't move like a light heavyweight. He got power like a heavyweight. He's got speed kind of like a light heavyweight. He's got he power maybe, like a super heavyweight. Yeah, like a super heavyweight. And he can sprawl, but can he sprawl and stuff the first takedown? Maybe he'll stuff the first takedown, but can he stuff the second and third takedown in terms of chain wrestling? John Jones is a different type of specimen. And I look at this and I go, Curtis is the tougher fight, is the is the tougher fight for him, but not the more dangerous one. I agree with that. So Hopefully that makes sense. No, I agree with it. Next. <clears throat> All right, next report. We have a report out that uh, Gilbert Burns is signing to fight uh, Neil Magny and yeah. on the Brazil card. And um, Good stuff. You know, it really comes down to the lack of 
the lack of other opponents and you guys talk to it's not the lack Palala of other bit. opponents. So it's it's the lack of other opponents wanting to go to Brazil to take on Gilbert yeah. Burns. Right, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Uh, Bilal talked about this. You guys will see that tomorrow on the podcast that drops to Bilal. But for right now, let's get Josh and John's reaction to this fight. Neil Magny comes through again. The guy yeah. says he'll fight anybody, and guess what? I'll he fight will. anybody. And and just to be honest, this is not a super easy fight for Gilbert. The reach, that push kick up the middle, this cap, the the bleak kick, the long jab, all of those things. Gilbert's not a tall guy. He's thick, yep. but he's not tall. And then he's got speed with his hands. I'll give him yep. that. And he kicks really well, and he's got good lateral movement. But he also tends to slow down. You know, he carries a lot of weight for that, that, that body frame. Like, he's shorter in stature, but he carries a lot of weight and some muscle. He tends to slow down, and we saw that in the Hamzat fight. So if I'm going to compare this up, this will be, I'm assuming, a three-round fight. This one's a three-rounder. Yeah, if it's a three-round fight, Neil Magny's got to be on. He's got to be on him and on and I'm on him to really slow him down by the by the third round. But can he do that? He can't afford to stick on the outside, but he also can't afford to get taken down and then get submitted. So Neil Magny's tough. He's good. He poses some threats for for Gilbert. And I'm just happy that Gilbert gets to fight in Brazil because that's what every that's what every fighter's dream is, right? Is to fight. For the, in their in their home country to fight where they're from, that's what they want to do. Doesn't matter. You look at Volkanovski; he's fighting fucking Islam in Australia just because he wants in Perth because he wants to fight. He wants to fight on that card. He wants to be the main event. <laughs> so I mean that that'll tell you what people will do. Be careful <laughs> what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. What do you I, think? I like it. I look at this and. I really like Neil Magny as a fighter. I enjoy everything that he does, and, and he's he's a class act. He lives a lot off of being better on the ground than people think. They don't give him enough credit for how good and stifling his ground attack can be. Well, throw it out the window because it's just not going to be good enough. He does not want to be on the ground in any fashion with Gilbert Burns. This is a question of can he keep this on his feet? Can he do damage to Gilbert? and push him with that cardio, but in a three-round fight, and I've and I got to give it, I was really impressed with Gilbert Burns against Shemaev in the fact that I thought that, you know, he actually held on as far as his conditioning. He was pushing Shemaev near the end, and Shemaev was the guy that seemed to be more tired than, than Gilbert was, and so, you know, this is one of those ones where I, yeah, Neil Magny's the guy that's known for his cardio, it's known that Gilbert can get a little tired. I don't think he's going to get tired in this one. I, I think this is a good fight for Gilbert. Good. Good work. Next. All right. Next next story here. Cyborg is returning to boxing against Gabriel Holloway and the undercard of Terrence Crawford versus David uh, Aven, Avanesian. Avanesian. <laughs> yeah. Avanesian. So for her second Avanesian. fight in boxing. Look at the, the the two things you got to go. First off, the card that she's on with Terrence Crawford, that's impressive. That is. Being on the undercard and then the opponent that she's taking on in Holloway, that's that's kind of impressive too as far as she's a banger. She's got, you know, heavy hands, not heavy enough to really put Cyborg down, but Chris stepping out of that comfort zone now for the second time back into the boxing world taking care of things. Look, I, I know why she's doing these things, and I don't sit there because I'm not media and, and tell people these things. But 
She's getting her fights in with boxing. And John's still in my lines now, buddy. That's it, baby. <laughs> I love it. I know the reasons why. I'm not. That's, yeah. I'm not here to tell people those things. It's none of their business. But you know, she is staying busy. She's staying competitive, and she likes the boxing, and that's that's a good thing. <laughs> she don't like me right now, so I don't want to say too much. If she saw me, she'd probably fucking try to beat me up. No, look, I'm happy for her. I don't have anything against her. I really do admire her as a fighter, and I'm I'm happy to see her succeed in whatever she does. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. That's it. Like, good for her. This is a big card for her to be on. Hopefully, she shines and she gets it done. I wish I wish her nothing but the best. Dave, do me a favor, Dave, because I, as far as I know, Gabrielle Holloway has been an MMA fighter. Also, she has fought boxing, but she's mostly an MMA fighter. Am I right that she has had MMA fights before? In fact, I believe she fought, fought in Kat Zingano in Bellator. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she fought. Yeah, she is six and the six. The Gabinator, thank you very much. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. tough. She got to, she she's got a she's got a good stand up game. She's tough. We'll, we'll see. All, All right, right. Next. All right. Uh let's go over here we are. Uh I want to get your thoughts on this. So it's just a reaction. It's kind of a reaction to Brandon Schaub's thoughts, but also mainly on the fight. Brandon Schaub thinks and hopes that the UFC can book Alex Pereira versus Hamza Chimaev, and that is the next fight. Um, and Hamza would be hard work for uh, Alex Pereira. So, what's your thoughts on that take? Well, I'll go with it. First off, I love Brandon. He's a great guy. That is the dumbest thing ever that the UFC can do. <laughs> Okay, I'm just being honest in here. Brendan sometimes will come up with some stuff. You look at me and go, Brendan, if you thought about this, look, would I like to actually see the fight? Yeah, I would watch that fight, but it's not a smart fight. It's not a smart fight for the UFC right now. Although they are trying to push Kamzat, no matter if it's at welterweight or at middleweight, Kamzat's coming off of a middleweight fight against Kevin Holland, Okay. He didn't make weight for a welterweight fight. That's why he ends up in that middleweight matchup. That's not exactly the person you want to jump the line and put into a championship fight against a guy like Alex Bahia, who, look, you're taking a look at the records and the background. Wrestling is going to be his weakness. Stand-up is his game. When you're fighting someone like an Izzy Adesanya, you can say that makes sense in that fight if you're the ufc why would you want a guy who just beat one of your superstars to lose right away doesn't make sense it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense i'm not saying they couldn't do it and again i would watch the fight but it, it makes more sense for them to put israel adesanya who was winning that fight three rounds to one as it went down in the fifth round and he gets the knockout it makes sense for them to put that fight back together with Israel Adesanya instead of handing it to Chemaev. Yeah, I'm going to second that. Look, anytime you have someone that ha has had that many title defenses, yep. they deserve an automatic rematch. And the yep. way that that fight was going, it was favoring Izzy. So he was up on the scorecards. He was, and it came up to Perez, uh, man or corners to talk him into getting out there and just getting after the knockout. You have to. You if you don't knock this guy out, you ain't winning. So that fight, that fight should happen next. Now I don't know how long time, how much time they're gonna have in between then, or when that's gonna take place. 
But that fight should happen next. Yeah. Um, in terms of what they do with Hamza, I mean, Hamza, he can't even make up his own fucking mind whether he wants to be at 70 or he wants to be at 85. And I know he can go ahead and juggle between both. But the UFC's no. got to help. The UFC's got to help him make his mind. Make a decision. There you go. Yeah, the UFC's got to help him say, "Look, you, you got to choose a weight class. Let's get you a title first. Once you win that title, then we'll go ahead and go talk about the next title. But let's just focus on one right now. This whole jumping back and forth is—it's great. It's fun for us fans, us nerds. Like, oh, he's fighting this week at eighty-five. Cool. Oh, in two weeks. Guess what? One seventy. Fuck yeah. That's how dumb we sound. But that's how we sound because we're nerds. We're fans. That's what we are." And so when in this when something like this comes up, absolutely he'd be a problem for Pereira. But the bottom line is Pereira's a big guy, and sure maybe his wrestling his he lacks in wrestling, but Hamlet's going to take some shots, and oh, it's yeah. not going to be he's not going to be as easy to get down Gil- either. As Gilbert people Burns think. put some shots on him, and he's not going to be as easy to take down as people think because of his weight. He walks around two twenty five, two thirty. He nope. makes a huge cut to get down to eighty five. It's unheard of. Like this is like that when I used to talk about Habib would sometimes come into training camp, you know, one ninety two, one ninety four, somewhere in there. But in two weeks he was down to you know say eighty, you know, probably eighty. That's this guy. This guy's just walking around enormous, and he's he looked he made Izzy look small. Yeah. He sure Hamzat's a threat because of the wrestling on the feet. There's I think Pereira just probably starches him and makes it more difficult in the clinch. He's going to make it difficult in the clinch. Maybe Hamza will be on the legs, things like that, but it's not going to be easy to get him down. He does post threats. I agree with Brennan in that situation, but they're not. the UFC should not pass up the, the potential of a rematch right away. Absolutely not. That's a fight. You, you're losing money if you do. That's my point. Next. All right, next story here. Uh, your boy, Umar Namagavandov, has a yep. fight booked against... My boy! Tough fight. Yes, Ronnie Barcelos. Good fight, this is a John. good fight. Look at Barcelos is very. His wrestling is good. His mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu is good. His stand-up. He's got fast hands. The real question, and this is Umar, has really come about in the fact that his wrestling has gotten way better. And you know, a lot. Look at Umar and Usman are very much alike. They both love the stand-up game. They both will wrestle, but it's the stand-up game that they like to be. You know, that's where they like to be. But his wrestling—if you look—if you've watched his his couple of fights in the UFC, every time exponentially, it's getting better and better, and he's going to it more and more. And I know that Barcelos has a background in wrestling beyond the national team with uh, Brazil and everything. It's, it all plays out differently in MMA. Umar's wrestling matches up very well with Barcelos, and then it comes down to the stand-up. This is a good fight for both guys, but I would say that Umar is the guy. If you're going to look at this, he should be the favorite in this fight. When did we go to Seattle for Bellator? September? Oh, July? August. <coughs> August? August? Okay. Yes, so, was it July? It might have been. Okay. Anyways, so we were we were in Somewhere Seattle. Around. And Umar had just fought his last fight. It was like a week or two before that. I said, hey, man, congratulations. Great job. I saw him there. Um, Gave him some hugs, you know, gave him a hug. Kind of goofed around a little bit, you know, threatened to take down. He tilted you a little bit. I tilted him. I tilted him. (laughs) I tilted him. Now, let's go to I just saw him in Chicago. He tilted me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I kid you not. Just from the last time I saw him to this time, the maturity of the muscle, the understanding of just of of just like you know, I can't even explain it, John. You could just tell in his just voice the maturity. in the maturity. Just mm-hmm. talking with him, the maturity, the understanding of what's next. No one wants to fight me. I'm still fighting. I'm still look. I'm training. I ran into him at ten o'clock at night. They'd been riding the bike for 45 minutes already and they had another 20 minutes to go I, it's just uh, it's 10 o'clock at night all of us are down having dinner and drinks these guys especially the drinks yeah they're down there they're down there lifting weights and then they're doing an hour you know hour five whatever of cardio they they have nothing else but to be the best that's all they want to do and people they, they talk about it they're living it that's the thing. Like they're, they're taught, John, for years, I said, oh, I train hard. I do this. And I did. But in between those training sessions, I was out having I fun. Partied. Yeah, I was out partying, having fun, man. I was out Vegas here, Miami here, Canada here, wherever I, wherever I wanted to go, I went. I was days having fun. Days without training. Yeah, days, with, oh, days without training. You know, And sometimes mm-hmm. I'd go wherever I went to Vegas. I'd train with the guys over at Extreme Tours. You know, I had connections at different locations. If I was in Jersey visiting my mom, I'd train with Frankie. You know, I'd go down to Huntington Beach, hang out and party, but I'd still train with Rob McCullough and Tiki and those guys. You know, and uh, at the Extreme, what was it? Ultimate Ex- Ultimate uh, Training. Center. Ultimate Training Facility, yeah. Huntington Beach. Yeah, I would train I would train all these places. These kids, these this new crop of fighters, and not just just these ones that come out of this out of Habib's team and AKA. This is what they want to do. This is their life. This has been their life since they were kids. You see it. I went to grab him in Seattle. Was goofing around. Was grabbing the leg. Didn't feel what I felt the other night. When I clinched him the other night, when I clinched him, he like just locked the elbows down and he just gave me a little tilt like, I got you. And I was like, yeah, you got me, bro. You got me. You got me. The kid's going to be special. It's going to be special. Yeah, but yeah. it is a tough fight though, John. It's a really tough fight. So next, yep, I agree. All right, uh, you guys know I love to end the show on a little lighthearted, uh, pe- love something a little fun, you know. <laughs> oh, Dave, trying to get us fucking fired up. Let's go. Um, <laughs> so so great. Recent interview with uh, Chatri, the uh, one championship president, um, and there was a little bit of comment made. There was you know a little controversial, especially if you're a Bellator employee, which you know both of you are. Um, where he talks about uh, comparisons to Bellator and kind of being that second in line to the UFC. Um, and so Chatterjee says, I mean, look at the viewership numbers, look at the social media metrics, look at organic video views, anything. Bellator is like 5%, that of one, okay? Even competition-wise, our champions would steamroll Bellator, guys. The only cold promotion I'm interested in is the UFC champion versus champion. Well, that's ridiculous because <laughs> he's not going to get it. USC's not going to do a co-promotion. They're not going to do anything with one. But, you know, hey, look, it, it, this sounds bad because I, I work for Bellator, but I'm not trying to pump up Bellator in this. But Chatri is doing what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to try to create interest. He's supposed to try to create, you know, some intrigue. You know about well, dude is is one this is one that like one's a good promotion. I enjoy their yeah. fights. I enjoy their fighters. 
you know, they have, if you're looking at it, you know, they've got two champions at, at heavyweight right now. They have an interim champion and their, and their regular champion who's been injured. Okay. They, you got DeRitter, who I think is great. I love DeRitter as a fighter. Uh, he's their light heavyweight and middleweight champion. Then you, now you've got Christian Lee, who is their welterweight and lightweight champion. And uh, was it Tang Kai just won the featherweight? He's good. I really like him. I think he's a he's going to be a, a fun fighter to watch. I don't think they have a bantamweight fighter except nope. you know it's the weird with their weight classes the way they do it because they're going to say Demetrius is their bantamweight even though he's not he's their flyweight. So when you when you're looking at their champions and stuff, you can go look. There's there's some good fighters, and I think Christian Lee is a good fighter. I think the, he's really matured as a fighter and things. Do I think he would do well as in a welterweight fight against an Amazov? Nope. I don't. I'm just being honest. I, I think that's a bad matchup for him. But, you know, that's just the way it is. And you, you can look at the weight classes. Do I think that, you know, uh, Tenkai would do well with Patricio Pitbull? Could do all right. He's got good stand-up. Mm-hmm. But then he's going to have to he's going to have to have problems as far as the ground and the guillotines and the things that are going to come at him, but it's a good matchup. And, and I think Tenkai has got great ability in the standup. So, I mean, they, they've got great fighters. The real thing is again, a promoter's job is sometimes everyone does it differently. Dana has his shtick the way he does it, you know, and, he, and Chaudhry's got his thing, but how much, you know, let's just be honest. How much can you believe Chaudhry in anything that he says, the man signs, you know, a paper, talking about that they lost 148 million this year and then says no we didn't dude that's your signature for your financials going into singapore and now you're saying no you didn't are you stupid are you saying that you lied let's no let's just be honest you know he's got that shtick of the promoter he's gonna he's gonna do one thing it could be real and he's gonna say another that it's it's what the way he wants you to to think about it and you look and and i hope that one FC is around for a long time, but you take a look at a promotion that financially they've put out that they've lost close to half a billion dollars. You know, how long can you stay in business? Uh, look, I don't even know about the the money thing. Like, I don't know how you're still around. Period. Five hundred million dollars. That's fucking insane. Well, they get they get people that invest, and that's yeah. great. Yeah, you know, but you can only go so long because as soon as the investors after a while are going to go, well, those guys didn't get their money back. Yeah, I mean, but you are talking about Singapore, and that's where they filmed that movie Crazy Rich Asians. So, (laughs) (laughs) bro, they got some money. Let me just tell you, the guy that the guy that was in the the guy that helped Mark Zuckerberg start Facebook when he got the settlement out of there. I can't remember his name. the guy that was second in charge that loaned him the thousand dollars from his dad to start Facebook and the platform and all that stuff. Yeah. He got the settlement. I want to say it was close to about eight hundred million dollars. Well, he lives. He renounced his American. Ci- yeah, yeah. <laughs> he renounced his American citizenship. Citizenship, and now he lives on top of the one of the sky rises there in Singapore. Uh, one. Of, it's like one of the tallest ones. Back when I when I was there, I haven't been there since I don't know. I want to say two thousand ten, maybe two thousand eleven, somewhere around there. No, maybe 13, 13, 2013. Anyways, um, yeah, they've got a lot of money. 
And that's like they, they're dishing out. They're using it probably as write-offs, whatever it is. Let them keep doing what they're doing. As long as they stick around so all these fighters have a place to fight, that's all I give a right. shit about. Yep. That's one thing. Two is, if you say your champions will, will beat Bellator's champions, maybe that's a possibility. But can they make weight? Well. That's my question. Because Christian Lee, he looked like a bloated up one, one, a welterweight. But he looked like he was a bloated up 85-pounder. So he didn't, he actually fought for the, the welterweight title, but he was, if you look in the descriptions, he was fighting at middleweight. So I don't know how they're doing all their weight cut stuff and how they're, how they're saying that the fight is this. Like DJ is fighting for flyweight, right? Mm-hmm. He's the flyweight champion. But, but he's weighing 135 pounds. But he's weighing 135 pounds, 145 pounds, whatever it is. And the other guy, the other guy uh, that he fought, Marais, the other guy that he fought. Yeah. That guy, that, that guy didn't look like he even made. There's no way that guy made. Hey, Adriano, he looks, like, he looks like at least a, a yeah. featherweight. So my point is, is if you want to compare these guys to who they're they're gonna fight, like you say, everyone says Deritter. Does can Deritter make 85? That's what I want to know. Can he step on the scale and make 185? Because if so, I'll take Johnny Eblen over him any day. The reason why I'll take Johnny Eblen is Deritter ain't getting him down. No. Johnny Eblen can fucking wrestle. If you don't believe me, go ask Nemkov. Okay? This kid can fucking wrestle. And not only that, his fucking stand-up is has come a long, long way. He is good on the feet. It doesn't look the best. I'm going to be honest. He's got a different style of stand-up. It looked pretty good against Gegard Mousasi, who I understand always we known pretty good in the stand-up. Yeah, but what, it, what I'm saying, though, John, it doesn't, it doesn't look orthodox. A little bit of how people make fun of Dominic Cruz and TJs, but their stand-up is good. Yeah. Well, Johnny Evelyn switches his stance a lot. He counters. He throws punches from different angles. He's someone that will rush you and land two or three. He changes it up so much. His stand-up is really good. Mm-hmm. But in terms of looks, it doesn't look phenomenal, but it is good and it's very effective. I look at him, I look at Amosov. Who are you going to have him fight? Can Christian Lee make 170 or can he make 155? I'll take Usman or Magomedov over Christian Lee at 155 if he can make 55. He didn't look like he can make 55. He actually didn't even look like he can make 70. And at 70, I'll take, if they're going to both make the same weight, I'll take um, Yaroslav Amosov all day long. I'll take those guys. Now, when you get the Patricio, the guy that's fight, he's going to fight, Patricio's got his hands full only based on the fact that that guy is mainly stand-up. So yep. he's going to have to mix it up. He's going to have to change it up a little bit. But the power of Patricio, the patience of Patricio, he's not going to let this guy just walk him down with shots. Patricio's going to stand his ground, do what he always does. He's going to knock you the fuck out. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from Patricio. I think that that's, a, that's more of a closer fight because Patricio's more of a stand-up guy. But Yaroslav Amosov stand-up and... Guy, a stand-up guy with a black belt... Brazilian yeah. Jiu-Jitsu for years, big time going against teams. a guy that really doesn't have much of a ground game. Yeah, and I've and I've grappled with with uh, Patricio. It's like trying to move a fucking boulder. It just doesn't move. It's just not moving. And so then I look at I look at um where can else can I go? That's eighty five. We go to two hundred five. I'm sorry, but I'll take Nemkov. Deritter. So yeah, over Deritter, I'll take Nemkov. I just don't. See, and Deritter's I, a hell of a fighter. I I, I, I really. Think I think Fantastic. he's the best guy he, that they have on their roster. Yeah. I think he's the best, hands down the best guy they have on their roster. I well, like I all know. of them. I, I'll take DJ. I think DJ's the best guy. That, yeah, you're right. Sorry. I, so, I always forget about the little guys. We I'm don't have a 125-pound weight class. Yeah, I, think I know. Is that, well, and that's my, that's my whole point with, yeah. I guess you can take you could take Horaguchi and say, hey, you want to do 125 again? Put him against DJ. That's a good one. He's yeah, small. but he's not our champion. I know he's not the champion, but still put him against DJ again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess. DJ's the yeah. favorite. He, was yeah, what, he won but, what? But DJ will be the favorite against pretty much anybody right now. I think if you put him back in the UFC at 125, he'd be the favorite there too. Yep. I think DJ's, DJ's hands down, probably he is the best 125 pounder in the world. 125. These guys that he's fighting are not 125. Yeah. We had Eddie Alvarez on. He's like, yo, the guys I was fighting, I said, I don't know how they do the weight thing over there, but it fucking didn't seem like it was working. So, <laughs> you know, it's like that's that's the, you know, if you get into their grappling guys and all this, but if you're just talking straight MMA, I, I don't want to take, DeRitter's their best guy in terms of their MMA with with DJ. Those two guys are their best guys. And then Christian Lee's probably next. Then yep. you got the females that are on there. You know, Angela Lee's good. She's 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 a she's a good jujitsu. Uh, and she's actually Start getting really her. good on the feet. She's dog. She's a dog in terms of like she likes to throw down. This uh, Helen Rodriguez girl, she's good as well. She's really good in Muay Thai, and they've got they've got some girls that are good everywhere. But they, well, the one they got is the one they call the Panda, and I, I screw up her name, but she uh, just beat Zhang Jing Yan. Yep, or Nan, dude, she's good. Yeah, but she beat Angela Lee. Yeah, she's well, she just beat she's her. Good, she's a stud. Yeah, as a was she a straw weight? But see again, I don't know the weight the way it is. But yeah, she, you know, as a straw weight, so she might be fighting flyweight. She's a handful for anyone. She's she is. A stud. She's nasty. She'll yeah. take a shot to give a shot. She's got power in her hands, and she's actually not bad on the ground. Nope. She obviously compared to Angela Lee, wasn't as good on the ground, but she was able to weather a lot of the storms, get to the top position, and dominate with some big elbows. She's yep. she's a she's a nasty nasty fighter. There's a lot of potential there. I think the the real thing here is what you need to do is if you're Chatry, dude, quit talking. Get on the phone, yeah. call a guy named Scott Coker, and say, "Hey, I think we should do this. Let's see yeah. what happens." I mean, I look at it this way though. You could also say, "Hey, whoever wins the co-promotion on New Year's Eve, in terms of the most wins, whatever." We want to go against them. No, no, no. Yo, you gotta you gotta go against the loser first. Then you can work your way up to us or whoever, whatever. Because you, because you didn't, you didn't step into the pool. Yeah, I mean, right away. Look, I think stylistically, it really comes down to the styles. I think make for good matchups. Christian Lee will be a good matchup for Amosov if he makes the weight. He looks puffy right now. He didn't look. Remember we saw him three fights ago. Had that yeah. small little waist. Look great. Look good. No, yeah. not anymore. He's like all bloated. He looks not bloated, but just looks puffy. You know, he's filled that. His face filled out. I know he's getting a little bit not, not, he's not old by any means. I think he's 24, 25, something like that. But, but he's filled out his body. You know, it just, it, he used to have a small waist, little abs, you know, and just, he looked, he looked like a young kid. He looked young. Yeah. But now he's growing up, but he's filling out, you know, so we'll see. Look, all this talk, though, is very, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. No. no, it's irrelevant. No. no, it's not. Just stop with the bullshit of mm. oh, we're you know I'll do a co promotion with the UFC. That ain't gonna happen, dude. So really, what you're saying is you don't ever want to do a co promotion. You don't want to put your guys up against anybody else because that's not happening with the UFC. So if you're gonna make the statements and you're gonna bring up somebody else's name like the PFL, like Bellator, you know, then get on the phone, dude. Yeah. I think also too what people need to remind be reminded of. There's talk that they're trying to come to the to the U.S. That but their rule set is not transferable. You can't go to Vegas and say, "Okay, now we're going to go ahead and knee people on the ground of the head." Vegas yeah. going to say yes and no. Oh, okay, okay, change my mind. 
you're not going to go to Vegas because they're not going to do that. But they're not going to Vegas. <laughs> okay. They're not going to Vegas. And look, every this is where athletic commissions are their own kingdoms. Hmm. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to – Colorado is where they're going to go. Hmm. And Colorado has already said that they would adopt for one the rule set that one uses in Asia on their fights, knees wow. to the head of a grounded fighter and things like that. So you're going to have a lot of people that are part of the regulatory bodies of different commissions really coming down on Colorado, being yeah. upset with them. Colorado because, wild now right now, man. They're doing first they legalize mushrooms and marijuana and now needs to the head. <laughs> fucking, they're fucking ballers. They're going, baby. <laughs> but uh, So I do think that one will end up in the United States. I think they're going to end up in one state. Mm-hmm. right now but the, you know this is about colorado is looking at this and they're saying look this is business and we don't get a lot of fights and we need as an athletic commission to raise enough money for them to keep us around that might be why they're doing it interesting so not the united states and just the one state <laughs> just the, it won't be the united states it'll just be the one state colorado so, all right, guys. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our talk. This is a long show. Hopefully, you guys enjoy that Bilal Mohammed uh, interview that we did. That will be dropping. Also, click the link down below. We've got some new apparel that's out. New looks, new designs, all of those things. Great new merchandise that's going to be coming up. We're going to still be slowly sending it all in, but this will all be launched on Black Friday. You guys can click that link, purchase some stuff, some new, some new gear. Thank you guys for supporting us so much. We truly appreciate it. And, John, do what you always do and take us away. For everyone out there, thank you. I hope you had a fantastic or have a fantastic Thanksgiving. I hope you get to spend it with family. Have fun with everyone. Be safe out there, and we will see you.